Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to another Liverpool.com podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm joined by Liverpool.com editor Matt Addison. Today, well, you know, when we're not talking about the quadruple push on the pitch, we're talking about who could succeed Jurgen Klopp off the pitch to massive talking points at the moment surrounding the club. It's an exciting time, it's a scary time. Um, it's, it's still not personally really past the, the space where I'm sort of mourning clock's departure, Matt, but I suppose we do have to think about what comes next at some point, don't we? Yeah, I think it's important to remember that Liverpool have known about this longer than we have. It wouldn't have been quite so much of a shock for at least a, a select group of people that are going to be in charge of, of making these decisions. Obviously, we're going to talk through a, a few uh, potential candidates. There might be other names as well, and I'm sure you know people in the comments section will be able to, to throw a few of their favourite names in for, for whoever um, it is going to succeed Jurgen Klopp at the end of the season. But I'm the same as you. It's it's a bit of a balance, isn't it? We want to focus on this season and make the most of Jurgen Klopp being at Liverpool, but also at the back of your mind, you've got that question of who is it going to be? There's obviously, obviously other changes as well with backroom team moving on, sporting director has, has already left now at, at the end of January. There's a lot of big decisions, I think, coming up for Liverpool. So it's, uh, like you say, an interesting time on the pitch, but, but certainly off it as well. I think we've We've seen it a lot around the Premier League. You think of, of lots of, of other clubs like Chelsea and Manchester United have gone through a few managers and it's not really been Liverpool's turn for, for a long time. But it is, um, unfortunately, the Open Klopp's time to, to move on. But it does, as you say, present some uh, some exciting topics of, of conversation that we can get into. Yeah, a far more alien topic to Liverpool fans than, like you say, pretty much any other fans well, certainly in the Premier League, but also the Football League. I think Klopp has made it to sort of the third longest serving stint in the Football League. It's um, Simon Weaver, I think, at Harrogate, and then then someone else, so I can't remember. But um, yeah, it's been a good run. So I suppose, you know, with, with time and perspective, we'll just be grateful for how long we've got with, you know, potentially the best manager in the world. But yeah, it does mean we have to think about successes, which we've only been doing sort of in a very abstract, long-term way up to now. That's all become very real very quickly. I'm sure in the comments we'll have we'll have a lot of uh, Alonso talk, and we will get to him. He's um, he's won again last night in the uh, in the DFB Pokal quarterfinal, 90th minute winner. He, you know, he can do no wrong at the minute, can he? He's going through in the cups. He's unbeaten in the league, so so we'll get to him. But let's start somewhere else. I think with maybe more of a slightly left field name I think one that you've sort of had a bit of a look at is uh, is Julian Nagelsmann isn't it 
Yeah, um, I know on social media there's been a, a bit of a discourse of negativity around him whenever he's he's been linked with Liverpool. But I've always I've always liked him. I like his style as as a coach. Uh, he's obviously you know been involved with um, the, the Red Bull team in, in in some sense in terms of, of Leipzig. He's done well there. I remember his uh, Hoffenheim team previously was was excellent as well. I think he plays a, a brand of football which. Uh, would certainly be exciting and, and probably in some ways would be a, a little bit aligned with with what we've seen of, of Jurgen Klopp at certain points. I think he's he's definitely a name that would interest me. I think he's definitely got the kind of youthful vigour, enthusiasm, that the kind of um, sort of level of, of energy really that you need uh, to be the, the Liverpool manager. I think he's he's probably got a decent level of experience well, as well. He's, he's done it at some big clubs. I know it didn't go perfectly for him at Bayern Munich, but I think that's almost not a bad thing that he's done a year at a club of, of that size. It, this wouldn't be his first job where he's been in there and, and tried to, to do that. I think Liverpool is a lot more stable and a lot less kind of um, showbiz almost than, than Bayern can be in the Bundesliga. I think this this would be a, you know, a similar size level of, of job in terms of, of the size of the club, but I think it would be maybe slightly easier in terms of the structure that would be around him and the expectations and, and that kind of thing. So I think he is definitely a contender for, for me, but obviously I'm sure there will be a bit of negativity around him because the, the perception of him seems to be that he's almost got a bit of, of an arrogance about him or a kind of, I, I don't know quite what it is, but the, the, there does seem to be a bit of negativity around him. But I still think he's, he's one of the best young coaches around. I think wherever his next job is, uh, obviously, he's, he's doing the, the Germany job, but that will only be for, for the summer. He'll come back into to the club game and wherever he goes, I think it will be pretty pretty high up. It, it might not be a Liverpool-level job. I know he's rejected Real Madrid in the past. It might not be quite that level, but I do think he, he will he will walk into a, a really good job. I know Tottenham looked at him at, at one point. I can see him certainly you know, at the top end of uh, of a European league somewhere. Whether that's Liverpool or not, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but he'd definitely be an option for me, I think, but um, I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority. I think you probably are, but I see where you're coming from, especially, like you say, with the the Red Bull sort of schooling, if you like, that we've seen Liverpool like players from the Red Bull system, and you, you'd imagine that a similar kind of logic would apply to the coach in the sense that continuity is going to be the buzzword. There was an article in The Athletic shortly after the Klopp news came out, and they said, you know, since November, we've had Will Spearman, the sort of head of data and research on the case sort of profiling managers who who play in a similar manner to Klopp and I suppose that's where maybe Nagelsmann has an edge over over some of the other names that are floating about it it does seem like he'd be you know not not quite the continuity candidate he does do things differently but there are a lot of similarities in that kind of style of play in that grounding they've had so so maybe one to watch in that respect but yeah it may not be the most popular um and like you say, I'm not entirely sure why there are there are um, positives and negatives to it. And Bayern, you look at Thomas Tuchel, who's come in, has he done significantly better? Not really. It, it's a tough job. I mean, in some ways, it's an easy job because they win the Bundesliga every year. But with that comes massive expectations. And, you know, Nagelman was sacked in a not terrible position. You know, I think he, he had the crime of being second in the league and then Tuchel came in and was sort of handed first by a Dortmund collapse more than anything else. So, yeah, it, it's a hard one to assess. Uh, like you say, that, that job will have lowered his stock a little bit, but I think he is still one to watch out, especially, as you say, being so young. Um, 
Moving on, though, I mean, we didn't even have this this fella on our on our shortlist to discuss originally, but given the sort of war going on in the comments, I do feel the need to briefly address Ange Postecoglou. Um, I mean, you mentioned Spurs there as as having briefly looked at Nagelsmann. Of course, they ended up with Postecoglou in their most recent manager search, and you know it started pretty perfectly, didn't it? Three manager of the month awards on the bounce, I think. Klopp and Conte are the only ones who have, who'd ever managed that before, and and Postecoglou was the first to do it in his his first three months in charge. It's, it's maybe got a little bit off the boil since then, but he certainly made Spurs look like a much more um, impressive side, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean they they've definitely improved, but they do have a team which should have been doing better than what it was. So I think he's kind of got them probably closer to where they, they should have been, which is, is obviously, you know, a positive compared to, to the managers that they've had in the past. I think he is he's somebody that is clearly doing a good job. I think he um certainly at the start of the season people seem to, to warm to him. I do wonder if he was the, the Liverpool manager, whether the uh, the short, snappy responses to some of the questions he gets in interviews and almost the borderline sarcastic comments that he comes out with at, at certain times. I, I wonder whether those would go go down quite as well if he was in charge of, of Liverpool compared to Spurs. I think there's definitely there's definitely a case for him. I can understand why people like him and, and people have warmed to him. But again, he's another one that, you know, this this would be a big step up for him, even having done Tottenham for a season to then go to Liverpool. It would be a very hard for, for, for Liverpool to get him out of, of that job. I don't think Tottenham would want to lose him. But also, I think... It, it would be a big step up. I think a lot of a lot of the arguments against Nagelsmann was he hasn't done it at top club yet. Well, you can probably apply that to, to Postecoglou as well. So I'm not I'm not massively convinced that he would be 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 an option really for for Liverpool. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it could be. But I'm I, I've been less of a fan of him compared to to a lot of people have. It wouldn't massively fill me with confidence in terms of um, sort of. Liverpool taking a, a step up. It, there's, there's clearly a gulf, I think, between Klopp and, and him. And OK, you can say that for every candidate that there is because that there is obviously going to be a, a step down in, in some respects. But I just, I don't know what it is, but I just can't, I can't really see it, to be honest. I know he's a Liverpool fan, but so am I. And I'm not in the running. <laughs> the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think it's an interesting point you make about the press conferences. It, it sort of takes me back to the early Klopp days at Liverpool. It, it's easy to sort of forget now, but he was a bit of a, a media darling, wasn't he? I mean, a lot of fans of other clubs kind of, you know, they didn't necessarily warm to him in the same way as Liverpool fans, but they they liked him as an addition to the league. And then as Liverpool got more successful, that sort of went out the window. So it'll be interesting to see with Postecoglou if he does sort of, start really winning things with Spurs, maybe uh, maybe the kind of loving ends a little bit. But um, no, I think I'm probably warmer on him than you are. I do, I do. If he was the one Liverpool went for, I'd definitely be happy enough with that. But I agree logistically, even though he's a Liverpool fan, I don't think necessarily getting him out of Spurs would be the easiest thing. He's also, you know, he's been around a lot, which isn't a bad thing. But, you know, compared to someone like Nagelsmann, he's got a lot more miles on the clock which people seem to forget because you know, he's new to a sort of top five league um but i suppose if you're sort of planning that kind of dynasty again because you know in fsg's ideal world they'll have someone else come in for you know the best part of a decade or more you would have thought it's worked well with Klopp, and if, if they can find the right candidate to do that again 
I'm in no doubt that they will. So maybe there's there's question marks over where the postcode clue is, is that kind of figure. But um, yeah, interesting comment that was brought up there in terms of the ages, which is sort of tallying with what I said. Um, we'll, we'll move on to to one of the other ones. Let's let's stick in the in the Premier League for now with Roberto De Zerbi. He's he's another one who who's really impressed since coming into the Premier League. He's sort of maybe wouldn't have been on anyone's radars until sort of picking up that Brighton job, but has certainly put his name in the frame, hasn't he? Yeah, um, I've definitely been impressed with him. Um, I think tactically he's he's very good, very innovative. Um, I think there's there's maybe a little bit of a question mark about how big a step up it would be. I'm not saying necessarily that it would be the same as, you know, Graham Potter did very well at Brighton, but then couldn't do it at Chelsea. I don't think it's the same as that. I think he's a lot more experienced. He's obviously had previous jobs where he's experienced a lot more wider variety of, of high-level leagues and, and being involved in in that sort of thing. And I think there's, there's probably... Well, there's, there's definitely, in terms of, of Liverpool, much more of a structure that he would come into compared to, to what Potter was at Chelsea. So I don't think there would be any concerns in, in terms of that. I think I think there's a bit of a question mark about, obviously, I, I get that it's Brighton and they wouldn't have been expected to be in European competition this season, but I think he's found it a little bit tricky in terms of balancing the, the two things. I know they've, they're have they not in any danger of relegation or anything like that, but I think there was a feeling maybe from some people, which was probably a little bit of um, over-optimism, considering the players, you know, McAllister, Caicedo, that they lost in the summer, that they could maybe take another step and and be involved in the top four race or you know continue to, to do that. I know they've obviously got through a, a fairly difficult Europa League group and they could go on a bit of a run in, in Europe as well. But I, I suppose it's it, it's almost not fair to judge him in terms of what he can do with Brighton because it's a completely different job to Liverpool. But I think I would the, the one big box that I would like to see ticked with him um, is that he can manage. The, the, the sort of fixture list and going pretty much every week as it would be with Liverpool European game and Premier League game. There's there's no real margin for error. Now, as I say, there's there's no way of knowing whether he could manage that with a better squad and, and a better team that is more used to that and, and players who are used to that. There's probably not too many in the Brighton team that have played in European football before. Um, so that's obviously you know a consideration and it makes it difficult. But I think there's definitely um, a bigger case uh, with him for me than there is for, for the other people that we've um, we've discussed. I think probably De Zerbi would be my second choice. We'll come to my first choice shortly, uh, but I think he would he'd be right up there. But he's not quite perfect, I don't think, in terms of, of what Liverpool won. But maybe none of the candidates are. Yeah, I mean, it seems like I could just get Jono on to host it for me because he seems to be agreeing with me on pretty much every point here. But I, I was about to raise this thing. Now, I'm not necessarily too concerned or, or at least as concerned as you are by the, the sort of fixture balancing aspect. I think what's encouraging is the other side of that coin where he has still kept up that success in Europe, which I think is always a useful benchmark. You look at Gerard at Rangers and, and the question mark there was, you know, he's, he's obviously done brilliantly in the league, but what can we read into how he's got on in Europe and it was you know sort of a mixed bag he did, did well in places but that was always maybe kind of the red flag there whereas with the Zerbi you see he's carried over the success into admittedly Europa League level but still sort of encouraging but yeah it's that defensive side of the game it's just been chaos since he took over at Brighton it's been goals galore for, for both sides and you know it, it's exciting it's fun. And, and again, you do have to ask the question with better personnel, would the defence improve? But 
it does seem to be almost baked into his tactics, these kind of wild encounters, which, you know, is all well and good for taking a sort of mid-table side and getting them into the European conversation. But does it take a title contender and, and win them that league? You go back to sort of Liverpool in 13-14, where, you know, it was it was so, so close. But I think that's almost the closest the team has come to winning the league with just that sort of purely chaotic style. And you do wonder if, if you need a manager who can sort of exert that little bit more control. And again, you know, the, the same caveat applies with all of these managers. Could, could it be different at Liverpool? But we can only judge on what they've done at their club so far. So I suppose that for me would be my biggest worry with the Zerbi. Um We'll move on to, to Ruben Amorim, who I've, I've seen someone in the comments say would be, would be their pick. Um, it, it's an interesting point that his team has been very successful. I suppose his team is is closest to Liverpool in terms of it's one of a select handful expected to dominate within the league it's in. So that's always an interesting thing to consider in the sense that maybe that reduces the learning curve at Liverpool because you know he, he set up his team every week for games where he's expected to win. But at the same time, there's that sort of experience in very sort of highly contested games against very good sides when you have sort of Benfica in the league, you have Porto in the league. So I mean, I don't know how much you've seen of, of his side, but do you have any kind of preliminary thoughts on, on him and what sort of job he could do? Yeah, I, I think that, that's the main point, isn't it, really? You've got somebody there who is used to the kind of demands, maybe not quite the pressures, because Liverpool's pressure level is, is obviously a level up from the Portuguese league, the, the number of fans and the, the Premier League in general is, is just another level of, of scrutiny and, and people watching, but... I think that is definitely a big tick in his box in terms of, the, in terms of um, he obviously plays an attractive style of play. He plays with a team which is is used to to being at the very top and having to win every game. And probably you know the, the problems that Jurgen Klopp has had to solve whilst he's been at Liverpool in terms of you know being able to break down a low block. You know, Ruben Amorim will have, have done that pretty much. You know, every week in terms of, of what he comes up against, there will be teams that will set up similarly as what they would do against Liverpool. Um, there's definitely, you know, an argument for that. And of course, has uh, European experience as well. Um, like you say, the, there's a bit of a question mark over him, over the others. We haven't seen as much of, of his side compared to, you know, what we've seen of, of the Zerbys Brighton, for example. But I kind of put those two in the same category, really, for, for different reasons. I think there's probably one or two boxes that they haven't ticked for, for each of them. But there's definitely, you know, a good number of boxes that they do tick for Liverpool. It's just a case of, you know, which one, um, if it was to, to come down to a, a race between the two, I'd, I'd struggle to split them. Um, obviously, Xabi Alonso will come on to as well in a, in a second. But... I think there's there's definitely a case for him in terms of, of the experience and the attributes that he would bring to that role. It's just that case again of, of can can they do it with a Brighton or a Sporting? Yes, but can they do it with Liverpool? It's it's probably a, a different level of, of challenge. But I don't know. It's it, it's one of those where I think there will definitely be a look at him. Um, I'm sure Liverpool will look at the data of, of his team and and see whether he would be a, a good candidate to to have a look at or not. But he just feels like one to me that if he doesn't get the Liverpool job, he was another one that Tottenham looked at. There'll be teams around Europe who, who take a look at him. It feels like there's definitely a big job coming his way at some point, whether it's Liverpool or whether it's somewhere else first, I suppose, is, is up to the Reds to decide. But he'd definitely be in the conversation, I think. And I think the fact that he's got experience in terms of at the top end of a league and in Europe, 
I think I think to me that has to be quite highly weighted in terms of what Liverpool look for. Um, I think that has to be a big consideration. And in that bracket as well, I suppose, where in an ideal world, you'd almost want to wait and see what he would do with another season at Sporting and the sense that maybe he's in that kind of deserve boat where there's lots of very, very good players there at the minute who you'd imagine could get moves in the summer. So it's always that sort of weighing game of how much is the coaching, how much is just the quality of the players at his disposal. I mean, we've seen both at the centre-backs linked with Liverpool, haven't we, Inacio and, and Diamande. So, yeah, if, if they moved on, you know, it would be interesting to see how, how Amarin fared, not to say that he wouldn't continue to do very well, but it, it's an interesting one and one that Liverpool won't be able to have the luxury of looking at because, of course, whoever comes in will need to be in the summer. Um, but I think we've we've avoided him long enough. I think it's time to to get to the people's favourite, and I, th- I think probably both of our favourite, Xabi Alonso. Yeah, yeah, definitely my number one. Um, again, not perfect. There are question marks. There are questions around him whether he can step up. He's not been in management long. His Leverkusen side. I know Andrew Beasley wrote a, a piece for us. I think last last week at some point. Um, around the, the sort of question marks that he's got over him in terms of the underlying numbers. Maybe Leverkusen are slightly overperforming. Maybe it might not be sustainable in future seasons, but there's no doubt about it. He's done a fantastic job. And I get why people would have questions. I get why people would just think, well, you know, former Liverpool player doing quite well at the moment. He's in vogue. Maybe it, it's putting two and two together. But I think there is a long enough um, amount of, of time has, has passed now to see that he is clearly a very good coach. He's very switched on tactically. But for me, more than anything, the, the one big thing that I would look for is that somebody can come in and have a bit of an aura about them. I think this is, is really important for Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp has, has been able to to kind of be the figurehead of, of a massive football club, which I think is really, really difficult to do. Obviously, Alonso has an aura for a different reason to Klopp. He's not done it at the top level of of management, but he's done it as a player. He's won World Cups, Champions Leagues. He's played for you know huge teams. I think Xabi Alonso is the only candidate on the list that we've spoken about that would come into to Liverpool and instantly have the respect of, of everybody, whether that's players, fans, whether it's potential transfers. I think there's there's just a level of um, sort of respect that he would instantly demand, which is is a massive factor for me. I think we've seen it with, you know, other managers in the past. Um, I suppose that the classic example really is, you know, Brendan Rodgers asking Steven Gerrard to text Tony Kroos and, and various transfer targets to try and get them to come to Liverpool. I think if if Xabi Alonso was Liverpool manager, he'd have that same sort of of pull as what Jurgen Klopp did. Um, it, it's very easy to to imagine that. If Jurgen Klopp hadn't have been Liverpool manager, maybe one or two of, of the big players that he was able to bring to Liverpool might have just accepted, you know, bigger money elsewhere. Maybe they could have gone somewhere else for guaranteed trophies. But you know, Jurgen Klopp was a big part of, of the pitch, really. I think in terms of, of certain players coming into Liverpool, and for me, I think Xabi Alonso is is the only one that could get anywhere close to that in terms of just being able to to match that pull and that ability to to just sort of sell the project a little bit better than maybe some of the others. I think maybe an Arlesman or an Amarim or a Deserbi in two or three seasons' time, maybe at Liverpool could build that kind of aura if they did well. Obviously, that would come in time. I think with Xabi Alonso, you'd get that straight away. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
Yeah, and I've been sort of banging this drum for a while, but it's not just the sort of Leverkusen record that stands out. We're not looking at this kind of one, one and a half season wonder, if you like. it's uh, Even if it was that, it would be very different to Gerard because of the, the levels that it's been happening at. You know, like we've seen in the comments, he's been going up against Bayern Munich. That's that's never an easy thing to do. It's still unbeaten. I think that they, they might face each other at the weekend, actually. It's certainly soon, so that'll be a, a massive, massive game. But... Uh, the point being that you know he, he is doing incredibly well, but if you look further back, this this wasn't really his first senior job. People kind of call it that because before Leverkusen it was Real Sociedad B, and, and you know there's not really the greatest understanding of, of the B team system in Spain. But you know while it's maybe isn't technically classed as a senior job, he had them in the second tier of, of Spanish football. He was, I think, the only B team that was in in the second tier that year and he nearly kept them up it was an incredible achievement to, to get them there in the first place and then you know almost keep them there he finished on 40 points it was just a, a very competitive season I think the champions that season finished on 81 so it was pretty congested from first all the way down to the bottom and and you know even if you don't consider he was at a senior team at the time he was competing against senior teams and, and very much holding his own it, it didn't come out of nowhere that Leverkusen decided they wanted to hire him he had a a very respectable track record before then. So, you know, what he's gone on and done since then is another level altogether. And that's the last thing I think Liverpool needed to see. Like you say, that he can he can do it at the top level. He commands respect of top level players and the tactics translate to, to a, you know, a, a high level. So, yeah, I think there was a telling comment I saw from somebody that uh, he'd be the top candidate even if there was no Liverpool connection. Um, I think it was Oli who said that in the chat. And, I think I agree with that because you look around and it's not like there's a Klopp equivalent. When Liverpool hired Klopp, it was just like, well, if we can get him, it's a it's a complete no-brainer because he's you know got almost 15 years of of track record at this point. He's he's won the the Bundesliga, he's got to a Champions League final, and it's it's just almost a miracle that he's available and wants to join Liverpool. I don't think there's anyone quite like that. But if you're looking for the closest in terms of you know track record up to this point, no no real blots on the copybook yet, but also a proven winner who's, who's done impressive things. I think Alonso, it's the only sort of one you can turn to. So, yeah, my biggest concern, I don't know, I'll come to you on this in a second and see what you think, but my biggest concern is, is whether he'd take it. You know, it sounds bizarre because it's one of the biggest jobs in football, one of the biggest responsibilities taking over from someone like Klopp, but you know, he'd been quite studied in his career trajectory so far. He's obviously not that far into his Leverkusen journey, do you think there's a possibility that Liverpool could go for him and, and not get him? I mean, it, it's possible. I've seen a few people discussing this. I, I think, it for me, if he wins the league this season, he's never really going to match that achievement again. I think it's the right time. If he wins the league this season, you'd imagine that Bayern will be back next season. I know there's, there's maybe an argument to say, well, let's see what he does in the Champions League with Leverkusen next season. Obviously, ideally, that would be the case, but Liverpool don't have another season to wait. Jurgen Klopp's leaving at the end of this season, not next season, so they can't wait and, and see what happens. So, for me, I think it's it's a case of if, if Liverpool offered him, uh, I don't think he would turn it down. I think it, he's kind of, he's at a point where he almost would have more to lose by staying at, at Leverkusen. He's done so well to this point. If he does another year and, and finishes third, suddenly the perception of him isn't quite as good, even though that, that shouldn't necessarily be the case. It, it it just feels like the right time, particularly if they win the league. But even if they fall just short, I think it's it's not necessarily... 
it's not necessarily something that he would turn down. I know he's been um, careful in terms of his moves in the past. He's not wanted to to move too quickly. He's not wanted to, to jump into things. But I feel like he's ready. He he will he will probably look at Liverpool as a bit of a safer option in terms of a jump up as well. I think you know to to go to Real Madrid would be one thing. To go to um, even a Bayern Munich, as we mentioned at, at the start, there's there's certain clubs where it would kind of be a little bit more chaotic and a little bit more of a, a risk. I think with Liverpool, there's a bit of a feeling really that as much as it's it's all changed this summer, there's there's at least an ownership and a a kind of structure in place that you can come into and, and work within. It feels like there's a bit more continuity and a, a bit more of a, a longer term approach than maybe some of the, the other places. But I think if if I was him, I, I'd certainly be thinking let's win the league this season, go out on a high and, and get the Liverpool job at, at the end of that. But yeah, I can see why some people might think that. But I I personally, I think if he was offered it, I think he, he would probably struggle to turn that down. Yeah, fingers crossed, because I think he is the standout candidate. So time will tell. Um, just before we go, because I think we're, we're pretty close to wrapping up there, let, let's rank the candidates, shall we? I mean, it seems pretty clear that Alonso is number one, but... But if you were going to do a pecking order, you know, in case things didn't work out or in case the club wanted to go a different direction, what do you say sort of one through four there? Uh, well, my, my top three, Alonso, I think, would be would be number one. Um, and two and three, I think, probably Deserby two and, and Narvelsman three. I think that would, would probably be where I land on it. If I knew more about Ruben Amarin, maybe he could be a little bit higher up the list. And I, I have to say, even though I've, I've ranked them there, there's not... Alonso would be my number one quite clearly, but two, three, four, ugh, I, I'm not really too sure in terms of, of the order, really. it's it, 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 There's not massive amounts between the, the rest of, of the candidates, I don't think. It, just as well to, to mention, I saw a comment there about the, the new sporting director um, and, and how, how might that impact things. I think that would definitely be something that I would look to sort out first. I think if you get a sporting director in, um, or certainly lined up for the end of, of this season and, and Liverpool know when when that's going to happen. Maybe then that will give us a, a bit of a hint as as well. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the guy at West Ham that has been linked with, with Liverpool as, as a sporting director candidate. Obviously, Dyson, I think. Yeah, that's the one. Um, he's obviously worked with Xavi Alonso as well in the past, so maybe something like that makes sense where you, you do one and, and it leads to the other. But yeah, Alonso number one, the rest... I've put them in an order, but I'm, I'm not massively bothered. What about you? Yeah, I, I think I think when you try and order them like this, that really sort of rams it home that there is one standout candidate because it's Alonso and then it's much for muchness. Um, I think, you know, gun to my head, I'd maybe put Amarim a little higher than Nagelsmann. I'm in that camp that you mentioned earlier who are sort of a little bit unsure about Nagelsmann with no particularly great reason. It just doesn't give me the vibes that I want. But, you know, at the same time, if it was Nagelsmann, I've seen enough from him to, to sort of trust that the club knows what it's doing and that it's sort of backed up by the data. We know that they've been running the numbers. So in terms of what will keep as much continuity as possible. So yeah, it's one of those. It, I think any of the four that we've mentioned or, or five, I suppose, if you want to throw Postacoglu in the mix, you, you would um, you would look at and think, well, it, it could work out. Um, but the one way you, you think, yes, this is the right appointment is Shabby Alonso. So think all we can do is, is hope for that and yeah like you say maybe maybe that's alongside his former sporting director and maybe with those two we bring in a couple of uh Levkusen players as well a bit of a bit of a flurry of uh, don't think anyone would turn down so uh 
that'll be one to watch but let's not get too ahead of ourselves there's uh, plenty to sort out before that happens and there's plenty to sort out on the pitch before we look at the new manager so yeah, we, we've we've had our chat, and now we'll go back to to looking at a potential quadruple push. World Cup is still with us, but all very interesting stuff. I hope you've enjoyed the discussion. Thanks very much for getting involved in the comments. It's been good fun. We'll be back again soon with another Liverpool.com podcast. Until then, make sure to check out all of the content on the site. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.